السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عباده الذين اصطفى وبعد All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless him and to bless every single one of us and to grant us every form of goodness. Amen. Beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, yesterday we went through the story of the nation known as Ad, to whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent a Nabi and a Prophet known as Hud alayhi salatu wasalam. We heard that they were destroyed with a wind, a very, very powerful wind. And we heard that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed them to the degree that there was no remnants of them, nothing at all. To this day, there is nothing to prove to us that Ad existed besides the verses in the Quran. Unlike the pharaohs whom we have pyramids to see that they were there, when it comes to the other nations, there are some signs to prove that they were there. Yet these people were the most powerful. They were large, huge people who were granted lots of wealth. They were granted lots of power. They had made their homes in such sophisticated ways. And they defied Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, Who is there that can be more powerful than us? Today on the globe, we have forces that claim to be the most powerful. We have nations that are the most sophisticated. We have nations that are technologically the highest and they are far beyond everyone else. Take a look at the nation of Japan, for example. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and may He protect humanity at large. May He guide us all to the straight path. I recall a few months back witnessing what happened in Japan. And I told myself, and I'm sure we all did, that these are the most sophisticated brains in the world. They have Sony, and they have motor vehicles, and they have so much in terms of electronic gadgets that when they want to get to their offices, they look at the door, it looks at them and opens. And believe me, this is what happens. It detects the eye and it opens. Allahu Akbar. And yet, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in eight seconds decided to destroy a whole portion, nobody could do anything. Nothing, nothing. Not a soul, not a machine, not technology, not a man, not a power, not a weapon, not their seats in the security council, nothing. No. And that is the power of the Creator. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. And may He make us from those who can learn a lesson. This is why... Whenever the Prophet ﷺ used to see clouds come towards Madinatul Munawwara, his face would change and he would start making dua and he would be worried. And Aisha radiallahu anha says that I asked him, O Messenger ﷺ, why do you look so worried? He responded saying, these clouds have been sent before as a punishment to destroy nations. Here they are. We should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, grant us rainfall of mercy. Let this cloud bring what is known as suqiya rahmatan la suqiya adab. Let it bring the rain of mercy, not that of punishment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a lesson.
So when we hear the lightning, when we hear the howling of the wind, we should always seek the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously the nation of Islam will not be destroyed completely. No, not at once, just like the previous nations. But the pockets of people will be suffering depending on their connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that plug in in such a way that we connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This evening we'd like to go through the story of Salih alayhi salatu wassalam. These people were successors after Ad. They were further up north. They were roughly in a place known as Al-Hijr. Al-Hijr, the place which was quite rocky. There were some rocky mountains and so on. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has named a whole surah in the Quran after them known as Surah Al-Hijr. And their dwellings are still present up to now. Roughly 380 kilometers northwest of Madinatul Munawwara. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has been there and so have some of his companions. And the story is related to us, inshallah, we will get to the end of it what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said. But let's take a look at what happened to these people. After Ad, these people were the, the remainders, they went further up north and so on, they settled and they had children and what have you and generations and they were in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they were thanking Allah that they were saved and what have you. And after some time they also began to get produce, they got gardens, they got power, they were large human beings. When I say large, I'm talking of huge human beings, so huge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes their size and he describes their dwellings and he describes the gifts that he gave and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says from amongst them there was so much wealth that after some time they began to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they began to indulge to indulge this is why we constantly say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he gives us good health when he gives us wealth when he gives us happy conditions don't forget him Get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at times of ease. When you are in difficulty, He will come to you. Subhanallah. But with us, what happens? Sometimes we forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So next thing, we have a problem. And that problem makes us lift our hands up to Him for the first time in our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to turn to Him at all times. So these people, when they began to engage in this type of behavior, they had lots and lots of wealth. They also followed their forefathers. And what did their forefathers do? You remember we spoke about it yesterday. They had these houses on top of the mountains that they did not really live in. And then they had their dwellings in the valleys. These people did the same thing. They did exactly the same thing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to send to them from amongst them a man. What type of a man? A man who was also from a wealthy family. A man who was also from a very well looked up to family. Not just an ordinary person from the low caste of people. No, a person who had very high standing in society and community. So much so that he was a man whom they were preparing in order to appoint as their leader. They wanted to appoint him as their leader because he was one of the most intelligent from amongst them. Salih alayhi salatu wassalam. For your information, once again, this story, just like the story of Ad, 
is not made mention of in the Old Testament or the New Testament because these were Arab prophets who came to the Arabian Peninsula. So for some reason, they are not mentioned in the Jewish and Christian scriptures. Although the Quran says that Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, the Prophet Moses had warned his people of something similar to what happened to Thamud and the others. So mention is made of this in the Quran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِلَىٰ ثَمُودَ أَخَاهُمْ صَالِحًا To the people of Thamud, we sent to them their brother, Salih. May Allah's peace be upon him. What is meant by their brother? We explained yesterday when Allah says we sent their brother, it means one from amongst them. It means he was from amongst them. قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ he says, Oh my people, worship Allah alone. You do not have anyone worthy of worship besides Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look, this is the same message. The same message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent with every single messenger. This evening we came across verses at the beginning of Surah Hud where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about why He revealed the Quran. Listen to what Allah says. And these were verses we read in Tarweeha a few moments ago. We have revealed this book to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, from the most knowledgeable, the one who knows absolutely everything, the all-wise, in order that they may abstain from worshipping anything besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the reason why the Qur'an was revealed, to warn us all with the same warning that the previous messengers had come and brought to their people. Be careful of shirk. That was the main message. And that is the core message of the Qur'an. If you are to associate partnership with Allah, you fell into the same trap that shaitan has been using for so long. It beats me that to catch a rat, you still need the same trap that they used to use a hundred years ago. It works. They have not become sophisticated. Allahu Akbar. Have you ever come across people or rats, should I say, that do not get ensnared in that trap? Maybe fish are slightly cleverer. Because now if you use the same bait in one place, they see their brothers are getting caught, they won't bite. The fishermen from amongst us know. Allahu Akbar. So you've got to start thinking of different type of bait. But shaitan uses the same plan and he's hooking man one after the other. They're biting, they're biting. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, man, we've given you these stories of the previous nations for you to abstain from it. Now when we talk about shirk, some people start saying, what? Everything is shirk. How can you be saying that this is shirk, that's shirk, that's shirk? Well, it's better to be on the safest side because then we'll be saved. But the moment we are now entering gray territory, for what? The Quran is clear, cut, worship Allah alone. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Salih told his people, look at the gifts of Allah upon you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established you on earth and he has granted you growth on this earth. And he has granted you multiplication. So seek forgiveness to Allah and return to him. This is yet another messenger who is making mention of both istighfar as well as tawbah. 
to repent and to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer your call. He will answer your dua. Allah is indeed very near and he will respond. Many of us, we make a dua, then we say, Allah is not answering my dua. Allah is not answering my dua. But there is a narration of the Prophet wasallam which says, how can there be a man who is raising his hands so high in the skies and asking Allah, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, وَمَلْبَسُهُ حَرَامٌ وَمَطْعَمُهُ حَرَامٌ وَغُذِّيَ بِالْحَرَامِ فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابُ لِذَلِكَ his food is haram, his clothing is haram, his drinking is haram, he has been nourished with haram. How does he expect a response? This is what the Prophet ﷺ is saying. So sometimes we need to look into our own selves. When we call out to Allah, a true mu'min will feel in his or her heart that Allah has heard my dua. He will feel it. And the Prophet ﷺ says, يُسْتَجَابُ لِأَحَدِكُمْ مَا لَمْ يَسْتَعْجِلُ all of you will be responded to by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for as long as you don't make haste. So the Sahaba say, ya Rasulullah. What is it to make haste? What is that? He says, An ahadukum da'awtu falam When you start saying that I have made a dua but I still don't have a response, then you are trying to jump the gun. So don't jump the gun. Don't make haste. Allah will respond. Keep on making that dua. When the messengers made dua, they made a dua, Allah responded, but they sacrificed their whole lives for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there were some messengers, we will get to them, inshallah, who made dua and repeated the dua until a day came when Allah responded. Sometimes it was not almost spontaneous, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to prove something. So it's important for us never to lose hope. But remember, if you want your dua to be accepted, we better engage in istighfar first. When you engage in istighfar first and repent first, and then you ask Allah whatever you want, there is a greater likelihood of that being answered almost spontaneously. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, their houses were so big. They used to carve out of the rocky mountains their homes that they felt so secure in. Subhanallah. Imagine a rock, a boulder, a mountain like a boulder. And here comes a man and with his thumb, as though this is the play-doh that the children play with. And he is just, you know, pushing it. And there is something just like play-doh, a cavity being created because of his thumb being pushed in to a rock. That's how powerful they were. And Allah says, when they made their houses of rock at the top of the mountains, they felt so secure. What did they begin to say? Nothing can harm us. Not at all. Remember those titanics and those challenges that have been destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? People need to learn a lesson across the globe. The minute you try to defy the maker, it's no-go area. Nothing. No matter how sophisticated you are, no matter how high in technology you are, when you utter words of blasphemy, it is the end of the road, finished, the chapter closed. Allahu Akbar. And Allah has shown us this in the past and in the present. Whenever people have uttered words of this nature, they have been destroyed as we said yesterday. The word used was 
destruction to smithereens. You know what Allah says about the people of Aad? مَا تَذَرُ مِن شَيْءٍ أَتَتْ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا جَعَلَتْهُ كَرَّمِينَ The wind that blew, that tornado, the fierce wind, every single thing that it touched, it destroyed it to smithereens. Ramin, meaning complete destruction, although, as though it was already decomposed into the ground. That's the wind. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a lesson. So Allah says, these people had homes, they felt so secure. What will destroy us? Nothing. The wind will not destroy us because this is rock. Listen carefully because at the end we're going to need to remember what was said now. The wind won't destroy us because this is rock. The water cannot destroy us because this is at the top of the mountain. And what else can destroy us? If the earth is going to shake, this is a rock, it will remain in one piece, it can't destroy us. So they were happy. Aminin. They felt very secure. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Salih alayhi salam, who was also from a wealthy family. He was a very strong man, extremely intelligent, very, very bright. And they knew it because they were preparing him to become a leader. He said, إِذْ قَالَ لَهُمْ أَخُوهُمْ صَالِحٌ أَلَا تَتَّقُونَ He says, or oh, their brother Salih told them, are you not going to be fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Don't you fear a punishment that will come to you? إِنِّي لَكُمْ رَسُولٌ أَمِينَ I have been sent as an honest and trustworthy messenger unto you. فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونَ so fear Allah, fear your maker, and follow what I have to say, because I have his message. I'm not asking from you any cent, nothing, no recompense at all. My reward will be with Allah. Look, we get to that point again. Every messenger is saying, I don't want anything material from you. They did not, to the degree that the Prophet ﷺ says, with us, the Prophets, it is prohibited to eat a charity. We're not allowed. You cannot give a charity to the messenger or to his family members. No. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in the Quran of how the religious folk of other faiths have made their religion a money-making racket. Literally. You enter that church, for example, you pay so much, the richest person there is the priest or the bishop. Loaded, mashallah. That is why nowadays in our countries, if a person doesn't have faith and belief and they want to become rich, first thing you do, open a church. Allahu Akbar. It's better than a tuck shop, better than anything else. Believe me. Better than dealing in the stock market. Allahu Akbar. So for that reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us to say the true men of religion, they will not be greedy. They will not be people running after wealth. Allah will take care of them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us contentment. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says thereafter that they looked at him and they were shocked. Shocked, why? Listen to what they said. They said, Oh Saleh, we had so much hope in you. We were busy preparing you to make you our leader. 
How can you now come to us and stop us from what our forefathers have been doing all along? We had hope in you. Now you decided to become a priest. You decided to become someone who wants to preach to us. You're claiming to be a messenger. So they lost hope in him. But they had hope moments before he uttered those words. What happens to us? My beloved brothers and sisters, a lesson to be learned. Sometimes you have an intelligent child. You send him to become a doctor. Why? He's too sharp. And then you have one who's struggling at school. Ah, he must become a sheikh. Let him send him to Allah. Am I right? Let's be honest. Let us face the facts. And wallahi, if you find an intelligent child wanting to turn to become a sheikh, for example, people f at, in some homes, they'll discourage. No, no, no. What are you going to earn? I know of cases myself of people who've been so fortunate, so fortunate in that they were inclining towards studying the religion. Their parents stopped them and blocked them and said, what are you going to earn? Until they convinced them that, you know what? These Molanas that are here, they don't have any money. Look at their cars. They're all driving little Toyota Corollas of 1996. <laughs> yes, that's the statement being made. Exactly what they told Salih alayhi salam. Look at it being repeated again. Ya Salih, qad kunta fina qabla hadha. Oh Salih, you had such good education. Meaning you were top, you're so intelligent and so on. We had so much hope in you. You want to choose this path? Why don't you choose our path? We'll make you loaded. Allahu Akbar. Look at that. Look at the statements. We need to learn to encourage our children. And we need to know that wealth is not everything. There are people who have reserved their places in paradise, who have never lived in a home. They've only spent their time under the trees and in tents. Because Jannah and paradise is not reserved for those who have money in this world. No. We will be happy with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us sustenance that is good for us. And may He grant us, inshallah, a comfortable life and a comfortable akhirah. See, the amin is loud, mashallah. We said that yesterday. And wallahi, it's a fact. And it's good. It's very good that we say it loudly because we need it, inshallah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they told him, are you telling us that we should leave what our forefathers have been doing all along? We have doubt in what you're saying. You're not telling us the truth. We have doubt. We are in doubt regarding that which you are calling us towards. We are in clean doubt. So he continued telling his people, look my people, don't be in doubt. I am the messenger and I am warning you that worship Allah alone. What are you going to lose? What are you going to lose? I'm telling you, worship your maker. You can enjoy what you have, but worship your maker. Stop worshiping idols. Stop worshiping people. And do not worship the rich from amongst you. Because they had a problem. They used to worship the rich from amongst them. And this is mentioned in the Quran. They used to worship the rich. Whatever the rich said, everybody was running in that direction. Why? Because they were loaded. I made mention of it a few days ago, that sometimes your business partner can control you as a human being because you're making money through him. So let's be careful. When we're making money through someone, they should not control you to the degree that you now earn the anger of Allah and you are blinded religiously just because the man or the woman you've made money through is now your big boss. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding that he is the supreme boss. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
he reminded them. Remember that Allah has made you successors after the people of Ad whom he destroyed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you so much that he has given you abodes in this, on this earth such that you have taken homes, you have built your castles in the valleys and on top of that you have these resorts or these huge palaces that, that are made of a rock in the top of the mountains, on the tops of the mountains. So my people, remember, turn to Allah. What he did to Ad, it is not impossible that he can do it to you. What was the response? They began to say that you are a madman, you're a magician, you're a madman. The same, this man is mad, this man is a magician. These were different people, but look, as though they were trained in the same varsity. As though they were trained in the same college. Why? Because their lecturer was Shaitan. Really. Shaitan Iblis. What did he do? Listen carefully because he does it to us. He's seen that this plan works. Let me use it again. Exactly the same plan. Again and again and again and again. And it kept on working and it is working to this day with many people around us. May Allah safeguard the Muslim Ummah. And may he grant hidayah to those who don't see the light. So let's never fall prey to shaitan. Same plan used again. This is why it's repeated in the Quran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You are a person who's a magician. You're doing, you're casting spells on people because there were some people who started listening to him. Few people started listening to him. And he started having a following. Salih alayhi salatu wasalam. But who were they who followed him? The poor. Those who did not have authority. Because remember one thing, when a person doesn't really have much, by him following the right path, he knows he's not going to lose anything material. As it is, he doesn't have much. But when someone has a lot, a lot, and he is being told to change his own lifestyle, he thinks to himself, but I'm going to lose all this. As it is, I'm sitting comfy. Alhamdulillah, I'm very comfortable. Everything is okay here. So why should I change? Remember, that is when we should be changing for the sake of Allah. We won't lose anything. We will in fact build our Akhirah. So then they told him, A man just like us, one of us, we should follow him? No, this is a human being like us. What's the difference between us and him? Same thing, like the previous nations. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on top of that, they said, You are a human being just like us, and we want to ask you something. If you are truthful, O Salih, we want you to bring us a sign. We want a sign. If you are truthful, we want a sign. What type of a sign? Well, we will decide what sign and we're going to get back to you. Imagine, they want it according to them. We want a sign and we will get back to you. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كَذَّبَتْ ثَمُودُ بِالنُّذُرُ The people of Thamud. Thamud is the name of the, the people, the tribe. Allah says, Thamud, they belied the warners. The word nudur is used, the warners. People came to warn them. The messenger was sent to warn them. And as the messenger was warning them, those who followed the messenger were also warning. There were discussions in this case between the followers of Salih and those who didn't follow him from the same community. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, again, he made mention of the gifts of Allah upon them. And he says, look, Allah is the one who provided you. أَتُتْرَكُونَ فِي مَا هَوْنَا آمِنِينَ فِي جَنَّاتٍ وَعُيُونٍ وَزُوْعٍ in your condition, you have these gardens, you have these rivers and these springs that are gushing forth, you have all these crops, you have all these palms that are here, you have all these dwellings in the mountains that you have made with your own hands, Allah's made them soft for you. Do you think you are going to be secure in this from the one who has given it to you? And they were very happy. They said, yes, we will be very secure. Nobody can harm us. Who can harm us? They went to Saleh. They told him, Oh Saleh, why should we follow you? You must follow us. Allahu Akbar. Look at the statement. Why should we follow you? You must follow us. Leave your ways and come back to our ways. And you see how you will be successful. Up to this moment, whether it is on an international level, or on a small scale within community, you find wealthy people thinking that it is their right to dictate the pace to the whole community as to how the religion should operate. To this day, they are none other than the army of Iblis. They are none other than those who have not learnt a lesson from the Quran. They probably don't even know that the Quran exists. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us lesson. Remember these stories are not here as fairy tales. They are here for us to quarantine every verse and to put it into our lives. That's why these stories are here. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, these are the people. Over and above that, they said, okay, we now know what we want. You see this huge rock that's here? We want you to split it into two. And from the inside must come out a camel. The camel must be a female. Look at this. Now you be honest with me, something they believe that this is totally impossible. So Saleh is listening to them. As he's listening, they had a feeling this man might be thinking he's going to come with this. So let's make it more difficult. The camel must be pregnant. <laughs> Not only that, it must be dark red in color, rich red color. Not only that, it must have an appetite. It must be bigger than all the camels we've ever seen. It must have an appetite. It must come, it must be strong and solid. And it must be a sign for us. Sign. We want to see. Salih says, Okay, I will call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I'm going to tell him. But there's one condition. Whenever people have asked for a sign and Allah sends the sign, it's over. It's over, meaning whoever does not believe after that. And this is mentioned in many places in the Quran. When it came to the, the people of Jesus, may peace be upon him, 
he told them that look if I'm going to come with this laid tablecloth then whoever doesn't believe after that they will be destroyed the same with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the people of Quraysh told him why doesn't Allah send an angel with him to prove that he's right you know what Allah says if we had sent an angel we would have sorted the matter out there and then. Whoever didn't believe after they saw it, it was their sign, they asking for it. After that, there's nothing left besides destruction. Imagine someone tells you that if you do this, I will believe. And they bring you something semi-impossible and you do it and they still don't believe. Is there anything left? Is there anything left? Nothing. That's according to Allah. I want to draw a very, very different lesson from this which just came to my mind now. It's important for us in our own little levels, whenever we promise our children something, fulfill it. What does that mean? When you tell your child, you do this, I'll give you a sweet. If they do it, produce the sweet. Subhanallah. And that's why I don't tell them impossible things. Because I'm only mentioning this because it's come to my mind now that sometimes we tend to reduce the morale of our children by lying to them. You do this, I take you for a ride. They do that so willingly. And then you say, no, the car is not starting. Why? Why lie? For what? We need to be honest because it will encourage them to do more. And they will know that, you know, I'm aiming somewhere. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a lesson. This is not related to what we've said, but it came to my mind and I decided to say it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard the dua. And guess what happened? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Here is your sheep. Here is your she camel. Here it is. The rock split. They watch it. What? A camel came out of it. What? They're looking at it. Huge, big, massive, the biggest camel ever to be created. There. Rich red in color. Pregnant. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. They're looking at it. The community was split into two. Divided. The majority of them just kept looking. What did they say? What would they say now? Magic, exactly. Magic, mashallah. You see, we know how they operate. They say, look, this is magic. But you asked me, I made a dua. It came according to what you wanted. Now you want to say magic. But what happened? Some of the people started accepting. Said, no, we believe. You are the messenger. Allah is one. We don't want to worship anything besides Allah. So it started working. Mashallah. Community divided into two. Now there was a debate because you find one Nabi, he was one Nabi with very few people, the numbers started increasing. When the numbers started increasing, these rich people, Allah says in the Quran, they started debating. The haughty, the wealthy, the powerful from amongst his people told those who were downtrodden, who had accepted his message. Do you know for certain that Saleh is actually a messenger? They said, yes, indeed. We believe in everything he has come with. We believe. So they responded. As for us, we disbelieve in what you've believed in. We don't want. We're still happy with what we're sitting with. This guy is a magician. Allahu Akbar. Look, nothing could bring them. Why? They're drowning in money. 
they had wealth that they could live so many lives and still they would have change, so to speak. It's like today if you look at the wealthy people in the world, they have enough wealth that if they gave $10 to every inhabitant of the globe, they'd still have change. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. What are they going to do with it? Wallahi, if they don't worship their maker, they stand no chance. Nothing. No. And I hope anyone has heard this from amongst them, inshallah, via whether it is the television or the radios or what have you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us always to be a means of the guidance of people. Remember, the softening of the heart is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to ask Allah to soften the hearts. Let's continue with this beautiful story. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when that naqah, when that camel came down as they wanted it, he told them, فَذَرُوهَا تَأْكُلْ فِي أَرْضِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَمَسُّوهَا بِسُوءٍ فَيَأْخُذَكُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Oh my people, the camel has come. Leave it, do not harm it at all. If you harm it, Allah's punishment will overtake you immediately. And he warned them many times. One verse Allah says, a grave punishment will overtake you if you touch that camel. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, as you people had requested, it was a huge camel, it has an appetite. So what will happen? It will drink from the spring one day, and all your camels, keep them on one side. And it will drink whatever it can from the morning to the evening. The next day, it will go out to graze when your camels can drink. So we are sharing the days. Inform them that the water will be split between this one camel and the rest of the camels. One day this one, and the, the other day the rest of them. That's how it's going to be split. Nobody's allowed to change that. Because they had asked for it. Now they, they were happy, and they were also unhappy. Happy because they'd seen the sign, and it was a living miracle. It is reported that because it was there every day for them to see, it was living in their midst. Every day a few people were accepting. Every day a few people were accepting Saleh. Every day a few people were coming onto the right path. Because every day they're witnessing this camel. They're seeing it's huge, it's powerful. And this is the camel. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that when Saleh alayhi salam came, the community split into two. And that split was a split of mercy. When Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to Quraysh, Quraysh divided into two. Those who accepted and those who didn't. That disunity was a mercy. It was a split for the right reasons. And from this, let's listen to the verse. وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَىٰ ثَمُودَ أَخَاهُمْ صَالِحًا أَنْ يَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ فَإِذَا هُمْ فَرِيقَانِ يَخْتَصِمُونَ When we sent Salih to his people, to Thamud, with the message to worship Allah alone, behold, immediately they were divided into two groups. A group for and the group against. There you are. They were arguing with one another. One saying, no, he's wrong. The other one saying, no, he's right. And they had these debates as we made mention. From this we learn that whenever there is a man who comes to the community with justice and with the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the truth, 
And he reminds us in a similar way that the previous prophets have reminded us. And if that causes a division, that division is healthy. It's not unhealthy. Although we are meant to be staying as one ummah as far as possible. But at times if all of us are astray, it's better that 10 be on the right path than everybody else be astray. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us unity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite the Muslim ummah upon La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is one statement that will bring us together. And that is one statement that we can come together for. It is the unifying statement. It is the only statement that will unite us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says thereafter that these people, they got tired with this camel because it was drinking and now they were getting tired. Whenever the camel was walking, their camels ran away. Whenever the camel was walking, the cattle ran away. They were, the cattle, so they started a rumor in the society, in the community, that now we need to sort this camel out. One man decided that I want to do something here and we need to sort it out. He managed to get support of another man. The two of them got support of another seven people. There were nine in total and they decided we're going to kill this camel. And news started spreading that people are deciding to kill the camel. So Salih alayhi salam warned them again. You dare touch the camel. If you touch the camel, there will be punishment coming. It will overtake you. So it was a huge camel. Even the people were slightly frightened, although they were huge themselves. So this one man goes to the front of it. Allah says, What did he do? He, he threw an arrow into the front leg of this camel and the other man went in and he slit its muscle and a few of them went in when it dropped and they killed it Allahu Akbar. they killed the camel they're killing the sign of allah that they had asked for they destroyed it and when they destroyed it the rest of the people were cheering them on happily that now our camels can drink every day where one day one day we're tired of that our camels can drink every day and now we've got rid of this. And Salih alayhi salam told them, in fact, they told Salih, once they killed it, they said, right, come here. We want to tell you one thing. We want to challenge you. They said, oh Salih, here is what we've done to this camel. Now bring the punishment that you were promising us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed immediately to Salih. Remain in your houses for three days. That's it. It's a promise of Allah. Not more than three days. You'll be destroyed. Now they looked at their houses. They were happy. Remember what they said. What is Allah going to send to us? What can He send? Floods? We have something so high, so strong. Can He send to us wind? We have a rock, home made of rock. And so on. They were so happy. And Salih alayhi salam was instructed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to leave the place. He was instructed leave. Because now the punishment was going to come. These people were happy. They got rid of the man. Do you see what happens? When they were happy, they were happy for the wrong reasons because they succeeded to chase the true leader that they had from their own community. 
When they chased him away, they were excited. Now we can sit and we can have our own party. There we are. The man is gone. They did not realize that that is your destruction. You are at loss, not him. He is going to go and be saved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah safeguard us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a direct lesson from that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our thinking. So the first day, their color changed. The color of their faces. All of them, the whole community. All the faces. One narration says they became yellow and another one says they became red. Let's say they became yellow. They started crying. Second day, they became red. Third day, they became black. Faces became black. The whole community, they were crying. They didn't know what to do. And what did they say? They said, these are days of bad omen. These are days of bad omen. But now there was something else that had happened. Just before Salih left, something happened. The evening, before he went, these nine people got together. And what did they do? They swore an oath between the nine of them that tonight we want to kill Saleh and his whole family. Tonight we want to kill him and his family. And in the morning, we will tell everybody that we don't know anything. We will pretend like we are one of them. So Allah says, they planned their planning and we planned our planning. Allah says, we had our plan, they had their plan. And then Allah says, Take a look at what was the result of their own plot. They plotted the downfall of the one who was bringing them towards goodness. And Allah says, we in return destroyed them completely. How did the destruction come? Three days passed. They still didn't see the punishment besides the fact that their faces were changing and they were crying. And they knew something was happening. So they went into their dwellings. Listen carefully. They went into their dwellings. Safe, secure. Those rock homes. And they, they were now secure. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them something he's never sent before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, We sent them a sound wave in the morning. What was a sound wave? They started hearing a sound. The sound became louder, louder, louder. Until each one of them were curled up because of the loudness of the sound. And the sound started shaking. Their whole community, the nation was shaking. And the sound itself was, it created a tremor. And that sound resulted in their hearts dropping. And they died on the spot with the sound. Just with sound. Imagine the flood didn't come. The wind didn't come. Just the sound. Allah says we destroyed them because the sound resulted in the tremor. And the tremor is a rajfah. And the rajva and the sound, they were destroyed completely. Amazing. Do you know today? This is a fact. The powers of the world are studying 
creating weapons out of sound. Allahu Akbar, I see someone nodding their heads. We know this. Why? Because they've realized now that large sound, it shakes. Have you ever had someone blasting their beat right next to you in a motor vehicle? What happens? Your car shakes. Yes. Did you ever think that sound can shake the ground? Where did they get it from? Yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used it in the past. He destroyed them completely again. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses some powerful words. He says, We sent them one loud sound wave and they became rubble. Do you know what is rubble? Something that the builders use when they want to build a place. They use rubble. That rubble completely destroyed, totally out into smithereens once again. Another word, and I think a lot of us would know this surah of by heart. Allah says in Surah Al-Shams, Thamud, they belied their messenger by being evil and by engaging in all bad. They sent the one cursed person to go and kill that camel. فَقَالَ لَهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ نَاقَةَ اللَّهِ وَسُقْيَاهَا So the messenger of Allah told them, that is the camel of Allah, don't touch it, and let it drink on its day of drinking. فَكَذَّبُوهُ فَعَقَرُوهَا They belied him and they killed that camel. Allah says, فَدَمْدَمَ Allahu Akbar. You know what that means? فَدَمْدَمَ عَلَيْهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ Allah says we destroyed them totally as a result of that so that they were now destroyed in the same way that they destroyed the camel. Destruction. Look at that word. I'm sure we've all heard it. Dum dum. Now you know dum dum means complete destruction. Total. Without any form of exception. Nothing left. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَتِلْكَ بُيُوتُهُمْ بِمَا ظَلَمُوا They are their homes. Go and have a peep at their homes. Because of their oppression. Go and see empty homes. As though they'd never been lived in before. Nothing. So who was Allah saying this to? Muhammad sallallahu He says the homes, the dwellings of the moon, they are still there. Now for your information, Salih alayhi salam, after that went back. When everything was destroyed, he went back. These people were dead, killed, gone. And Salih alayhi salam looks at his people and he says, Ya qawmi. Now they're gone, they're dead, but he's still addressing them. Oh my people, I conveyed the message to you. Of my Rabb, he gave it to me to give you, I gave you. And I advised you, but very sadly, you do not like people who advise you. So now look at what has happened. Anyone who corrects you, you don't like them. What lesson do we draw from that? My beloved brothers and sisters, whenever we are corrected, do not feel bad. Never. Whether it's in the home, whether it's at the madrasa, whether it's at school, whether it's on a community level, whenever and wherever. If someone corrects you and they bring to your attention something, 
where you have heard, you should be happy. Because if you feel sad, Allah says, there were people before you who used to dislike those who advised them. The result of it was destruction. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. The last point I'd like to mention this evening before we actually close is, what should happen if we were to go there? Are we allowed to go to Madayan Saleh? It's not very far from Medina Munawwara. If you want to take a taxi there, it's only three hours away or four maximum. Yes, we are allowed to go there. The Prophet ﷺ passed there with his companions. And this narration is in Sahih al-Bukhari. And his companions, they, they looked at this, the ruins of the people of the mood. And there were some wells there. They took some water and they were making their dough. And they had made some bread with it. And when they brought it to the Prophet ﷺ, he instructed them to take it back and throw it back. He says, not from that well, no. They went a little bit further, and there was a well from which the camel used to drink. He asked them to take the water from there. Subhanallah. And this is why the Prophet says, do not go there or pass there, except in the condition of crying. When you want to go there, you don't go there as a tourist, you know, with your mini skirts. And with your heavy sun hats, the hair showing, everything happening, sunglasses, and we're there taking photos, smiling. You know, behind, in the background is this ruin of... No, that's not allowed. The Prophet ﷺ says, no, when you pass by, it should be a lesson. Do you know what the Quran says? If you go there, it will seem that no one ever lived there. Yet those who lived there were far more powerful than all of you put together. And really, if you go there... You will notice it's empty, it's hollow, it's, it's like something, subhanAllah, you might tell yourself, is this just a museum? But Allah says, through the lips of Muhammad wasallam, you are allowed to go there to learn a lesson, nothing else. You go and see it, yes, it should shake you up, you should be trembling, you should know the story. This is why with us nowadays, shaitan comes and he makes us want to go to the pyramids as a tourist, not to learn anything. And we go then to Petra, and what did we learn? MashaAllah, we enjoy ourselves. It was a very nice holiday. We enjoyed it. And we go to Madayan Saleh, and we say, we saw it. There's no good restaurants there. Because it's true, there aren't any. You know? You must take your lunch with you, because there's no good restaurant. We didn't go there to eat and drink and make fun. No! We went there in order to learn a lesson. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors until we meet again tomorrow with another interesting story. We say, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammadin. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdihi. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayhi.